thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. To the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad you're joining us today for Jesus the Heater. Welcome, come on in and just spend a wonderful time with us around the Word. Thank God for the Word. You know, um, Dad Hagen, who was our spiritual father, used to say to us, it's when you get thrilled with the Word that it works for you. Well, we're thrilled with the Word, amen. And we're so grateful for God leading us to teach on the series that we've been on. It's called Following the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is interested in working with one thing, the Word. The Word. And uh, He wants to work with us based on the Word. And so um, it's, it's an honor to learn how to really how he wants to be so involved, right? He does, he's not just, he's not, it's not just a token involvement. Um, but he, if we will follow him, my goodness, he'll lead us into the fullness of what belongs to us. Amen. Um, Dad Hagen used to say to us, if you can teach people to follow their spirits, you can help them in every arena of life. I don't know about you, but I'm interested in help for every arena. Um, and the Holy Spirit will help us as we learn. And what, one of the things that we've been referring to and in, in saying at different times during this series is that sometimes people didn't know to follow their spirits. They did not know that they were supposed to follow peace uh, when their head told them to do something else, you know, because pr the primary way that one of the outstanding features of when the spirit's leading you, it's based on peace. If you have peace about doing something, that means you're to go that direction. If you don't have peace, I'm talking about peace in your heart, peace. You don't have peace about doing something. He's cautioning you. Don't go that direction. Well, many times we just didn't know to follow that, but we're learning. Thank God we're learning. And, um, you know, one of the things that Dad Hagen had said, God spoke to him and, and said to him as a young minister, he said, go teach my people faith. So God's people needed to be taught faith. And he did that, did that faithfully for decades. And then there came a further instruction, I believe in the late 80s that God said to him, he said, there have, you have taught my people faith. And he said, there are many who can teach faith as, as well, as good as you teach it. He says, but now I'm wanting you to teach my people also 
how to follow the Holy Spirit. Because he said, if you don't, there will be a whole generation lost who don't know how to follow the Spirit. Because um, what God does involves the Word and the Spirit. Why? Because the Spirit is the performer of His Word. He performs and brings to pass God's Word in our life. And so um, just as in creation, it was God and the Spirit moved. God created, God spoke, the spirit that was present moved and he performed. And so he set a pattern that is a divine pattern. And that's the way in our lives, moving with the word and the spirit. So we have to learn the word and we have to learn the spirit. And thank God for the privilege of learning the spirit. And we ask you go back and watch previous episodes because there's so much recorded in them. Um, one of the things, and, uh, we were leaving off with the last episode talking about this is that when you follow the spirit and God will give you direction, sometimes it looks like sacrifices are being made, but any sacrifice is going to end up for your profit, end up for your benefit. I love something. And I'm trying to think of the exact wording that Hudson Taylor made this statement. Now, Hudson Taylor was a missionary to inland China in the 1800s and really opened the door for thousands of missionaries to go into inland China uh, over, over, you know, the last decades. And uh, one of the things he said was that he said, nothing was ever sacrificed to me because it only ended up for my profit and my benefit. Amen. I tell you, anytime the spirit is directing you not to do something you planned, it's not for your hardship. It's for your profit. It's for your good. It's for your benefit. And we had read over in first Corinthians 12, seven, where the manifest, it says the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all. I want you, and I know he's talking about the nine gifts or manifestations of the spirit. That's an introductory remark, but there's a truth in that. Anytime you follow the spirit, you're going to profit. Amen. That every man who follows the spirit will profit. And so just know this, that when something looks like it might end up looking like a sacrifice, it's not, it's a profit for you. If the spirit is leading you that way, the devil will try to make it look like you're taking a step backwards that you're taking a down step, you know, a downgrade or something. You follow the spirit and it will always end up to your profit and your increase. Amen. Another thing about following the spirit that is so important is we have to be someone who's teachable. We have to be teachable. We have to, you know what um, being teachable means willing to be led. Really, do you know that's one of the definitions for submission? Submission, I don't know how popular that word is in today's society, but for the Christian, it's never left. That submission uh, to the word, being submitted to those that God's put in your life and what a protection, it's a protection. And uh, when we're properly submitted, we're willing to be led. We want to, we want to be willing to be led by the spirit. That means that when we sense his leading, we don't kick against it, reason against it and come up with a reason why we can violate it. We have to practice following if we're going to be good at following the Holy Spirit. The best way to become skillful at following the Holy Spirit that we can't see is to practice following those that we can see. 
that have a voice in our lives? What about those that have a voice of authority? What about your spouse? They have a voice of authority in your life. When you practice listening to one another instead of arguing against one another or trying to win your own way, practice listening. What about your pastor? God gives us pastors to help protect us, guard, keep us as sheep of his sheepfold. And it's a safety to us. And a pastor is not to have a dominating, dictating voice in your life. As a pastor, my primary interest was in teaching people what the Word said and teaching people how to follow the Holy Spirit within them. So when someone would come to me for counsel as a pastor, because I pastored for 25 years, now my children help me pastor, but um, one of the first questions I would ask people in a, in a counseling type setting is, what's God saying to you in your spirit? What do you perceive in your spirit that he's dealing with you about. I want to help people to follow him because I can't always be with somebody, but he is always present. Amen. And plus, I'm not the Holy Ghost. I will not presume to take the role of the Holy Ghost. But yet there are voices that God has put in our life to help and direct and teach and train us. So those uh, those voices, we need to practice listening, being teachable. Um, because you've heard me say it in the past, um, growing up, I mean, when I was younger, I was bullheaded. I mean, if you told me go left, I'm going right. You told me go right, I'm going left. Well, that doesn't work out well in life. That just doesn't work out. And thank God I'm, I'm, I'm growing enough in the word that I saw that doesn't work. But I saw being teachable to those that God has put as voices, not, not gullible that you just swallow everything that's said but teachable to those that God has put as voices in our life. <clears throat> It'll be a help that we practice not arguing, right. not talking back, right. not giving excuses because when the Spirit when the spirit is guiding us to do something, leading us to do something, um, there can be sometimes many reasons why we think we shouldn't do that. Yeah. But we've got to practice putting, that, putting our will down. Yeah. The, the Holy Spirit will never take our will from us. God doesn't take our will from us. He gave it to us. But we're to practice bringing it into agreement with the leading of the Spirit, bringing it into agreement with the Word. So someone who is willing to be led will listen to others when they should and follow as they should. Practice carrying out. If you're an employee somewhere, practice carrying out things as you're instructed because it will help you when the Holy Spirit directs you that you carry it out as instructed because if we veer from how he leads, it won't end up right. So we need to practice. Amen. And let me tell you, anyone who's keen and developed in the word and in the spirit, they practiced. They didn't get there overnight. No one gets there overnight. So we must practice being people who listen. <laughs> Amen. We have all failed to listen and follow the spirit at some time in our life and it's cost us. And it's like, I'm not doing that again. And we don't want to be someone who has to learn the hard way. You know, there in, in life, you'll run into people who it just seems like they'll only learn the hard way. They, it's like they have to hit bottom before they wreck, before something gets their attention. 
well, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I don't want this self-inflicted difficulties. There's enough opposition to overcome in, in this world without inflicting it upon ourselves, right? Unnecessary hardships. And so anyone who has failed to listen to the spirit or follow the spirit, and we recognize, wait a minute, it's because I didn't follow what God was dealing with me about. If we'll make that correction, the spirit of God will help bring us right back into a place of increase. He will turn our loss into profit if we will listen to him. Amen. And we've all done it. So don't, don't, don't beat yourself up. Just repent and go on and say, from now on, I'm a better listener. Amen. Um, To follow our spirits keenly and to be accurate, we have to develop our spirit. Sometimes people, they'll spend a lot of time developing their bodies physically. They'll go to the gyms, they'll work out, they'll have an exercise program. Some will spend years developing their mental capacity uh, through education. Education is right, but you don't want to develop everything else and leave the spirit of man undeveloped. Because just as the body needs to develop, as the mental side of man needs to be developed, needs to be educated. The spirit needs to be educated. The spirit needs to be developed. That's where it's so important. If we're going to follow the spirit, we need to also see the place that having a pastor plays in that because the spirit of God will lead you to the right pastor. Why? Because the pastor is to the believer what the school teacher is to the student but yet in divine capacity, in a supernatural capacity. So just as our children cannot be educated without some kind of teaching going on, even so spiritually, we need to be educated, but we need to be educated by someone who's been there, someone with experience. That's why God gives us pastors. So it's a help and it's not just recommended, it's mandatory. That's why Jesus gave us these gifts and a pastor is a gift. So, but they play a role in helping feed us so that we can recognize developing our spirits. Um, when we take time to develop our spirits, we'll become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit who is in our spirit. There are four steps, and I don't know that we'll get to them all today, but I want to refer to them starting today. There are four steps that we can take to develop our own spirit. And uh, this was given by E.W. Kenyon. He, in, his, in his books, he had written of this, and it is so, so good. Yes. And so you'll want to take note of this somehow. Yes. Develop your spirit. Yes. Um, just like I said, um, we take the time to develop our minds, our bodies, but don't neglect your spirit. Yes. Number one step to developing your spirit, meditate on the Word. Yes. Now, notice I didn't just say read the Bible. Yes, read the Bible, but meditate on the Bible. Meditating means rolling that word around on the inside of you, thinking into it, letting it soak its way into your your thought processes. Why? Because the, the word is food for your spirit, but it's also food for your mind. And if you don't, your mind doesn't get fed, it'll start picking up the wrong diet. <laughs> it'll start picking up stuff it ought not pick up, like worry and other things like that. So meditating upon the Word. I love something that George Mueller said. 
If you've never read anything on George Mueller, it'd be a blessing to you to read it. Back in the 1800s, he had an orphanage in Bristol, England that he started. And he would house, I think it was 2,200 orphans at a time that he was able to house and support. And he just believed God just was a man of faith. He said, I don't read my way through the Bible. I meditate my way through the Bible. Some of the most spiritually developed people are those who meditate on the Word. Because... um, just reading the word can just be like it's just passing through your mind and going going on out the other way. Meditation is you're letting it soak down. It's got to go past the gateway of your mind into your spirit. Um, whether you realize it or not, the mind is the gateway to the spirit. If the mind says, if the mind hears a, a, a minister preach a sermon that's in line with word and that person says, I don't believe that, that word can't get down into their spirit because their mind is the gateway. If they say, no, I won't accept that, I won't take that, then that word cannot sink down into their spirit and find its place. But as we meditate on the word, <clears throat> one of the things, uh, the benefits of meditation is it takes that word and puts you in that word. It may, it turns that word personal. That it's not just words on a page, it's me. <laughs> that, that's my way of thinking. That's my way of operating. It helps you take ownership of the Word. Um, some people may say, I read the Bible, but it just doesn't seem real to me. It's lacking meditation. Because meditating on the Word drives it into your spirit. It puts you in the Word and the Word in you. Amen. So number one, meditate on the word. This is how you become, uh, if I could say this, uh, uh, deeply, deeply spiritual is you meditate on the word. When you meditate on the word, it starts coming out in your everyday life. Amen. It starts governing. Now we're getting into the second step. Number two, practice the word. Be a doer of the word every day. Don't wait till the emergencies of life before you start employing that word and start living that word. Take every day to implement the word you've been meditating on. And if I could say this, do you know the Holy Spirit will even lead you in what to meditate on? He will. He will lead you based on what he knows your life is going to call for. For example, uh, two years before my husband went home to be with the Lord, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, all I want you doing is practicing peace. What's he talking about? Meditate on peace and, and stay in that flow every day of your life. Practice that flow. What was he doing? He was preparing me for what was ahead. I am so thankful I had the leading of the Spirit even on what to meditate on. Because then the day my husband went home to be with the Lord, I was already grounded and rooted in that flow of peace. And it changed the entire outcome of how that event played out in affecting the ministry and affecting the family. So the Holy Spirit will lead you in what to meditate on. Let me say it to you this way. 
He might be more specific to you like he was with me on that situation where he said, all I want you doing is practicing peace. What does it mean to practice peace? It means any thought that didn't lead me to peace, I cast it down. If it troubled me, I forbid it into my thought life. I would not allow my mind to turn it over. I would answer it. Say, no, you don't. That's not my thought. That's what I mean by practicing peace. But that was a very specific word that the Spirit of God spoke to me. And you say, well, Pastor Nancy, I haven't had that specific word. Well, when you're reading the Bible and it seems like something particular mm, stands up to you, like you're prompted, oh, that that struck a chord in me, that struck a note in me, something on the inside of me wants to go that direction, then follow that. The Spirit of God is helping to prepare you equip you for what's ahead. So number one, meditate on the word, but then number two, to develop your spirit, practice the word. It doesn't matter that you learn it and don't do it. And in fact, until you do it, you don't learn it. You might be acquainted with it. (laughs) You might know what a scripture says, but if we're not doing it, it's not, it's, it's not, our minds aren't being renewed. Our lives aren't being changed and transformed until we're doing that word. So the third thing to do to develop our human spirit, you know, we're not developing the Holy Spirit. He doesn't need developing. It's the human spirit, our own spirit. The third thing, give the word first place. And you go, what does that mean to give the word first place? Well, that means we're going to ask ourselves in the face of any circumstance, what's God say about this? I'm going to let that be my response because sometimes, depending on what home we're raised in, we were taught to respond different ways. (laughs) Some would go immediately to their emotions. Some would end up when something happened, they'd go, they'd get angry. You know, they'd start getting aggressive. Others would just start weeping. Some would you know, recoil and draw back and become very introverted, so to speak, in the face of a difficulty. Anytime something shows up, wait a minute, before your emotions jump in, before your feelings jump in, before all the thought processes of hurt feelings and the past and all this other stuff start, say, wait a minute, what's the word say? What's the word say? Train yourself to ask that question first. What does the word say? Because it matters that you remember the word at the time of emergency. If you forget the word at a time of emergency, you can end up on a track you don't want to be on. So practice. Wait a minute. I know that used to, I used to respond this way when this happened. But wait a minute. The word is getting its place in me. So I'm going to say, wait a minute. Is this okay with the word? What's the word say? What should my response be? Number four, the fourth step to to developing your human spirit is this. Instantly obey the voice of your spirit. Instantly obey it. It doesn't say instantly analyze it. Instantly argue with it. Instantly come up with the reasons why you can't. No. No instantly obey the voice of your spirit. It will make you so keen. Um, I've had, I've had God, if I could say this, uh, teach me certain ways of when I didn't instantly obey my, my, the voice of my spirit, I would have a, a leading to do something 
For example, I, I remember one time God said, I want you to give a certain person a, a certain amount of money. Well, right then I didn't have it. But a short time later, that money came. And well, let me just say, I did get some money, but I had other bills to pay. <laughs> Anybody else ever been there? And so I'm taking care of other things. And it dawned on me, wait a minute, it's been a while since God talked to me about giving that money to that person. I, I, can, I can make it happen. I'll do it now. And when I went to do it, God spoke to me and said, double it. <laughs> Why? Well, <laughs> he was wanting, I, I, was, I was delaying obedience. And he was wanting to get my attention that it can cost you. Now, I would rather learn it financially than learn it in a life and death situation. That if he says, don't go, don't make that trip today. I don't want to delay obedience because I don't know what's connected to that. So he wanted to teach me on something that wouldn't cost me much. He's just training me on money. He said, double it. And I said, why double it? And he said, because you took too long to obey me. He's wanting to impress something on me. He's not trying to get something from me. He's wanting to make an impression on me. So it does matter that we instantly obey the voice of our spirit. I remember the, the, the story of a man who was an usher um, in, in the meetings with Smith Wigglesworth. And my husband got to meet this man years ago, and he was an older man when my husband met him. And this man, he said something about, and he was a man of the, of the, of the word and the spirit. And he said, he said, Brother Dufresne, he said years ago, he said, as a young man, I was on a train trip. And he said, I was in the middle car of, the train, of, the, of that train. And he said, the spirit of God said to me, jump off this train. And he said, we're out in the middle of nowhere. And he said, but I recognize the voice of the Spirit. He said, no, it didn't make sense because I'm going to get abandoned out here. And he said, I went to the very, very back car. I jumped off the train. He said, not a mile up the track, that train derailed and everybody on it was killed. He said, but not me. Wow. Well, see, that's why we need to instantly learn to instantly obey the voice of our Spirit because it might, we might not know what's connected to it. And like I said, the Holy Spirit doesn't want to train you on a life and death situation like that young man, that man faced, but he'll train you in the everyday things. It will help develop our spirits. Amen. And that's what we want is a developed spirit because it will help us, if I could say this, have a life that is living successfully. Amen. Well, we've been taking the time to teach out of my book, Following the Holy Spirit. And my goodness, we want you to get hold of it. Go to our website at defrainministries.org and you can order yours today and we'll get that right out to you. But also we want you to know the reason we're able to come to you today is because of the generosity of Kenneth Copeland Ministries. They sow the airtime to us and every programmer on this network. So I say and I ask you, if you're not already a partner with Kenneth Copeland Ministries, pray about becoming one today. You can go to kcm.org and you can sign up there. And until next time that we see you, you remember Remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In this important book by Nancy Dufresne, 
Following the Holy Spirit, you will learn how to recognize and follow the leading of the Spirit and receive God's help in every arena of your life. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. In Nancy Dufresne's classic book, The Greatness of God's Power, she teaches how God wants us to know His power that is in our direction. It belongs to us. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. Come join us for our Dufresne Ministries Miracle Crusade in Georgetown, Texas at Church on the Rock, October 15th through the 19th. For more information and to register, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. Come expecting your miracle. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.